what excites me the most right now what makes me wake up in the morning with excitement is truly 5G and obviously the whole aspect of communication coming as a bedrock really is what amazes me that this is all going to come together and the opportunity is huge it's not just from an entertainment perspective but it's about value how am i serving the community how am i reaching out how am i giving more back i look at it from that lens of how can we empower more how can we enrich more that's kind of what i see as what the technology can do welcome to the restless ones i'm jonathan strickland As you may know, I've spent the last 15 years covering technology and learning how it works, demystifying everything from massive parallel processing to advanced robotics and everything in between. Yet it's the conversations with some of the most forward-thinking leaders, those at the intersection of technology and business that fascinate me the most. I'm excited to bring you this episode of The Restless Ones. I had the chance to talk with Maddie Rogers, who told me that this was her first podcast. Only you would never know it, because Maddie is a born storyteller, and the stories she shared were inspiring. Maddie's path to the tech business world wasn't your typical one. If she had pursued her original career, you might find her filling in cavities or performing a root canal. But Maddie discovered that through technology, she could realize her dream of helping people connect with their work and with each other through forming digitization strategies and infrastructure. I sat down with Maddie to talk about that journey, as well as how so many companies have embraced digitization on a massive scale due to the pandemic and the sort of challenges that organizations often face when evaluating their own strategy. But first, I wanted to learn more about Maddie herself. Welcome to The Restless Ones. It's a real pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So I am curious. I looked into your background and some interesting questions have popped up. So at what point did technology start to become an interest to you? Great question. I'm a late entrant to tech. So as a middle schooler, I always dreamt to become a dentist I had a dentist who I admired. She was fantastic. So that's what I wanted to be. And I became a dentist. And then my journey to U.S., I came in during the Internet boom. And that was my first time looking at a computer or rather touching one. And it was amazing. And that's when I said goodbye to dentistry and hello to technology. I left my old me behind and started the world of tech. I have never heard a journey like that. That is one of those things that really surprised me. And talk about a tumultuous time, like the the boom of the dot-com industry really showed us the best and worst of technology and business in a very compressed amount of time. So what was your first step in a career in technology? Where did you go from there? So um, once I got my basics of understanding binary, you know, I went into Macaw Cellular in Seattle as a systems analyst. Like I would call that as like the bedrock of wireless mobility where everything started. So my first job was being part of the team that was lighting up cities across the US with wireless service. So that was a fabulous time, you know, for me coming from a medical background to coming into tech, meeting all these inspiring team members who are all ready to support you. You know, you're like the 
lowest one in the totem pole, trying to learn everything and worried that everything will go wrong, you know. But then you see the support of the team trying to help you, guide you, mentor you. I imagine that you have seen some pretty massive changes within the telecommunications industry during your time there. You know, personally for me, the first time holding the brick phone in a big bag, and, you know, I was a support analyst, and end of the day, you would have to go home, and instead of pagers, you would have these bricks, and then it kind of migrated into the smaller handheld devices, and then you're putting data or voice, and then you're doing all these capabilities and enabling users and customers to understand the art of the possible in terms of the delight that you see in their faces when, oh, this is going to connect me to my family that I haven't been able to connect. And for me, that was the greatest experience because do you remember the time when we had to pay a dollar for a minute to call international? (laughs) And now I can do video and I can talk to my grandparents. And I mean, that just that evolution of connectivity and then recognizing just because you have it doesn't mean the world has it. And you know, you bring a spark to everybody's lives in terms of that connectivity. So I think being in that generation of mobility and seeing what it does to people and doing it for the right cause, you know, I'm a techno optimist in that sense that it's going to drive to betterment of people and us humanity as a whole is a good thing. And that's what's exciting. Maddie, what I would love to know is what your journey was to Infosys and what that company does and what your role is there, if you could kind of illustrate for us that story. Oh, sure, Jonathan. Infosys is a global systems integrator. The purpose, our goal is to enable clients to help in the rapid digital acceleration and, you know, simplify that transition. And broadly, Infosys is responsible from a building the community at large and enabling both the environment, sustainability, and diversity as the key pillars. So that kind of aligns with what I believe. And at Infosys, what I do is I primarily work with clients in their digital transformation journeys. So I'm what you call a champion, a partner, an advisor, and a trusted guide, if you will, to help them on their path of their North Star So my goal is to help them make a difference in digitization, use the technology to delight, get them to see the whole picture. I know that the trend toward digitization obviously has been growing stronger and faster over the last decade, but did you observe a particular spike due to the pandemic? I would imagine that a lot of companies had to embrace digitization on a time span that was probably a lot shorter than they had originally anticipated. Oh, definitely. I think prior to the pandemic, it was all about retail, tangible experiences in those sense where digitization was about how do you enrich that. But with the pandemic, it was all about how do you get your customers, your team and your families to connect, you know, in a real normal way without the normalcy being in place. And that really kind of peaked in that sense that the need for the connectivity and the need for some of the areas that are not connected today, the drive to bridge that gap became much more evident. One of the technologies that obviously we're very excited about here on The Restless Ones is 5G. 
How is 5G factoring into digital strategies? You know, what sort of advantages does it represent when you're having these discussions with your customers? When I look at 5G or we talk about technology of 5G, everybody talks about, oh, we can download movies faster. But that's more than that. 5G, I look at it as communication as an underlying fabric for the digital society at large, like for the future. So communication is taking shape more like a horizontal where you're going to connect all the various industries that today are siloed and that it is going to accelerate the future of innovation from a business sense. And that's the digitization agenda, if you will. So if I look at that from what 5G brings for the future, like for example, the area that I love the most, you know, which is my past life, which is uh, healthcare, and then now the tech life. And then now I see that they're all coming together. You have real-time transmission of images. You're talking about connected ambulances that every millisecond that matters for saving a life. You're talking about remote patient monitoring. We saw that during the pandemic where you have a tele appointment. Now you can get some of those things done. But take that to the next level where you're talking about real-time computational processing, whether it's the MRIs or CT scans. You have rural areas that don't have access to some of these greatest technologies that are out there. And then now you're expanding it to those masses. And then you're looking at remote collaborative surgeries that you can save those precious lives that need that immediate care. You're talking about AR, VR for training. You're talking about self-care for elderly. You're talking about psychiatric help. You're talking about in every area that you can think of in just healthcare alone. You're talking about pharmaceuticals. You can look at molecular models. You can send stuff that today you're not able to do that real time because of latency. And now you with low latency, high bandwidth, it's mobility, it's security, reliability. It's all coming together. And so just in healthcare alone, you've got a bundle of goodies to share and to give and promote. And then you take it to the next level of like, let's talk about mining. Mining, first thing that comes to mind is safety. You're in parts where it's not easy. And so here you're leveraging 5G to do the operations and the exploration work, the safety of the team that works there. And then it's all enabled because you also have the cloud to help optimize that experience and connectivity. So if you take any industry, for example, you can really apply 5G and all these other greater technologies that are coming together and allow for efficiency, better life, better productivity, and also the new things that it's going to offer. So that's that's where I'm very passionate about. We can go on and on, whether it's education, automobiles, retail, manufacturing, transportation, you name it. That's where I see that connectivity becomes the bedrock. And then you have all these other industries coming together and merging. And the learning that we can take from one to another is immense. Conventional thinking says you have to pay more to get more. I want the world. But T-Mobile for Business uses unconventional thinking to deliver premium benefits for better ROI. From customized 5G solutions to 360 support, we help you reach your business goals right now. I want it now. Innovating to improve business today and tomorrow. That's unconventional thinking from T-Mobile for Business. Capable device required. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain plan or features. See T-Mobile.com.
I absolutely find what you say inspiring, and I agree wholeheartedly. I think of that connectivity as being the enabler for the next generation of technologies that wouldn't have been possible had we continued to rely on, say, hardwired connections. Relay that over to a wireless technology where you have the benefits of a fiber throughput, but you have very low latency to the point where it's almost negligible. That to me is so exciting because I can't even begin to anticipate the sort of uses we're going to see roll out. Related to that, I was reading up on Infosys about the Spectrum strategy. Can you tell me a little bit about what Spectrum strategy is and why companies should work on developing strategies that operate across different ranges of wireless frequencies? So when you look at, you know, when Infosys looks at technology, so we have a saying where we believe Infosys is a team of people focusing on technology. It's not a technology company with a bunch of people. So it's kind of an application of technology to resonate with one, our communities, and also to the industries we touch. So because of the widespread footprint that we have in terms of realizing what is the current short-term pain points that a client is having, whether it's retail or it is utilities or energy or communications or media, and then you're looking at it as an application of sorts where our innovation arm comes into play, where we are looking at what are the short-term capabilities that we need to apply ourselves to, and then what's the long term. And then that's where we believe in our ecosystem of partners, whether it is universities or startups or, you know, our VC, where we apply ourselves broadly. You're spreading yourself widely enough that you are expanding. And as part of that expansion, then the learning, what we are able to do is to transverse that knowledge across the industries. You're not solving for one, but solving for the many is where our approach to learning goes. And we have something called Living Labs, which really focuses on that. Could you elaborate what are the Living Labs and what sort of research takes place in them? So Living Labs is what I call as incubation collaborative hubs, if you will. We both have it in the what I call as the metaverse or the virtual world, as well as on the real world. So we have campuses across the globe where we have the building foundation of where you can see new technology come to life. So we are able to bring a client and show them, not in their industry, but some other industry where we have applied a new technology into from start to finish on how that works, then showcasing them like a proof of concept out of possible. And this is where we help groom the ideas of what's possible. You know, sometimes you have to really visualize what you can do with technology and give that those ideas. And then once that incubation the collaboration comes to being, then you go through the innovative process of the trial and error what's needed, what's valuable, what's immediate, what is long-term, and then, of course, the planning session begins. But sometimes to see and understand technology, you have to visualize it, and that's where Living Labs helps bring that to life. Fascinating. What sort of clients do you typically bring into these Living Labs? We bring in clients, whether you're talking the big financial firms or the communication firms or the telco firm, you know, everybody is welcome. All of our clients that we have are welcome to come and see these innovation centers 
And what this gives them is a glimpse across various industries of what is happening. So once you see that, it sparks that thought process, that creativity, because as an individual, we are all using digital tools in our daily lives. And then, of course, then you apply it to your businesses and then you look at, oh, if this was done here, what's in it for us? You open that conversation, you open that dialogue for what's possible. And that's when you're breaking boundaries of, you know, thinking about, okay, linearly of this is what it is. So this is more about expanding that horizon, having that conversation. And then depending on the industry and depending on where your focus is, then we have the ability to bring in the right SMEs. It doesn't have to be all from emphasis. It can be any partner that we believe is leading in that space that we will collaborate and build that solution for you. And that's kind of how we use that as an incubator zone for us to build and co-work. So teamwork is a big part of it. It has to be done with a lot of partners. We can't do it alone. I'm curious, have you noticed any commonalities? Like, is there anything in particular that people are surprised and delighted by that you see over and over again? Most of the time, what is surprising enough is the reason that they come in and what they end up being interested in is much different. And then they see the bigger scale of things. And so now they want to do bigger things. So the digitization, the adoption, and the thought process of how you look at things is about, you know, sometimes we have boundaries in our own minds of what we see is based on what we have experienced or what we have learned. And now after COVID, I think the sense of digitization is much more And so everybody wants to get ahead. And so there's no time better than now to get started. So I see that as a common experience for most of the clients who visit. Many times they look at it from a project or a program. And now it's more about communities, larger scale, humanity, value, and big picture. I'm curious, what are some of the common challenges that businesses face as they develop and initiate a digital strategy? I think one of the biggest challenges that companies face that I've seen is one is recognizing where they are in that journey. Like, you know, as an organization itself, you have a varied sense of digitization. You have a history of your systems, your processes, your evolution and your industry. And so you have a combination of legacy and new It's stitched together in numerous ways. And first is that realization of where you are, because sometimes you only see what is tangible to you, whether it's your portal or your app. But digitization is much more. It's the end to end. It's all your systems humming along, talking and expanding. It's the scale. It's the performance and the accessibility and the experience that you're going to drive. Second, it's about the team that is going to drive your digital transformation and how are you enabling that team, enriching that team, empowering that team. As leaders, everybody has their part. And, you know, in the organization hierarchy, you have every manager who is responsible to being a key player in that journey. So sometimes what happens is leaders believe that, yes, we have this mandate, we have this vision, but then there is slowness in terms of executing it. It has to be bigger than just a project or a program. The transformation journey has to be big and everybody in your organization has to be involved in it in every sense of the way that essence of this transformation is going to bring value. So that is the motivation aspect of it, that everybody is 
resounding to the same mantra that this is going to make a difference. So once that belief is there in the organization, then it's about defining that journey, the orchestration of the plan, de-risking, then prioritization. And then, of course, in the end, you have to have business value. So you have to make that committed choice of what's priority and getting the consensus between the various stakeholders. And I think communication and collaboration are the key words, the enthusiasm to make a difference in collaborating with all of your teams, because no team is small or big. So it's a big process, but you have to be forward looking. Yeah, I fully agree. I've talked a lot about getting organizational buy-in from the various divisions and that transparency and communication being absolutely critical because if anyone is left out, then that just breeds morale issues. So your vision, this idea of fostering this communicative culture within a company, I think is absolutely critical for any organization as it grows or else you're going to be troubleshooting more than you're going to be innovating. That's right, Jonathan. The other piece of it is it's not only limited to the organization. It's not just to its employees. You have to extend that to all its partners, partners like Infosys that helps, and then product providers and your hyperscalers, irrespective of who are in the mix. Everybody has to play their part to make it successful. And so there is no us versus them. You are at the table and you also have a specific outcome. So the outcome is not delivering technology. The outcome is to deliver the North Star vision and you have core KPIs, which are business KPIs. It's the adoption and engagement and ensuring that you're truly delighting the customer. And in this case, your stakeholder, that is success. Mm -hmm. Well, Maddie, I can't let you go without asking something that is all the buzz in the technology space. Can you share with us sort of some use cases that demonstrate how companies might engage in the metaverse? So, Jonathan, that's a great question. And I would say that I have been looking at Metaverse mostly as an end user, you know, really right now in terms of, you know, looking at Metaverse as a virtual space of what can be done. But it's too early because there are different views on what Metaverse is. I'm more curious to see what is going to evolve from a Metaverse perspective. But, you know, from an Infosys standpoint, we have a Metaverse, kind of more of a Metaverse foundry, if you will, where they're working on different solutions and use cases in terms of Metaverse. For my current clients, that's not kind of like the most important thing. Right now, the hybrid model of AR and VR application of AR, VR is much more being looked at. So, more to come in the metaverse space, but it's exciting for sure. Well, and I think, Maddie, that what you say is incredibly valuable. It requires a balance between pushing for innovation and making sure that you're current and also acknowledging the fact that we're we're still laying the track down as the train is coming behind us and that we need to balance these sorts of things if we are to actually make real use of what will be a transformational technology in the future. Before I could let Maddie go, I had to ask her one more thing. What technology are you personally most interested in seeing evolve? What excites me the most right now, what makes me wake up in the morning with excitement is truly 5G. And obviously the whole aspect of communication coming as a bedrock really is what 
amazes me that this is all going to come together and the opportunity is huge. So that's one area that I am leaning forward and especially more in terms of what are the services and capabilities. If you look at it, Jonathan, telco companies have paid billions of dollars to build up these networks. And me as an end user or any end user is not just going to pay the bill of that billion dollar, right? You have to enhance, you have to make me want something. You know, it has to excite me. And that's when I'm going to buy those additional services. And it's not just from an entertainment perspective, but it's about value. How am I serving the community? How am I reaching out? How am I giving more back? I look at it from that lens of how can we empower more? How can we enrich more? That's kind of what I see as what the technology can do. And so 5G for me, whether it's healthcare or whether it is education or smart cities or name anything that we can touch and both in the short and long term, it's kind of exciting space to be. And I think this is kind of the pivot, you know, the next pivot where it's what I call as a blockbuster, where we're going to see some cool stuff come. And that's what I'm excited about. Maddie, thank you so much for being on The Restless Ones. This has been a delight. Thank you for having me. This is so much fun. Thanks again to Maddie Rogers for joining us on The Restless Ones. There's no doubt that embracing digitization is a daunting task for many companies. So many organizations rely heavily on legacy systems and processes that it can seem like too much inertia has built up for you to be able to make substantive changes. But we saw during the COVID pandemic that when push comes to shove, companies can make dramatic changes in a short time frame. People like Maddie are there to make sure that those changes are productive rather than disruptive, and that add value to a business rather than saddle the company with cruft. I personally find the living lab concept really intriguing. I'm one of those people who finds it enormously valuable to see a concept play out in a scenario to get a full appreciation of it. And then the free association starts popping up where I start combining different ideas into something new. To know that there are facilities out there dedicated to inspiring business leaders is really exciting. It makes me think that we're going to see some truly innovative uses of technologies, including 5G, that will totally change the game. Mobile tech did that for the web. Now we're going to see 5G do it for pretty much everything. Thanks again for listening to this episode of The Restless Ones. Be sure to check out past episodes as we've talked with leaders across all industries about the challenges they've faced and the lessons they've learned. And stay tuned for more episodes this season, publishing every two weeks. I'll see you then. T-Mobile for Business knows companies want more than a one-size-fits-all approach to support. I want the world. So we provide 360 support customized to your business. From discovery through post-deployment, you'll get a dedicated account team and expertise from solutions engineers and industry advisors already right now. I want it now. 360 support that's customized for your success. That's unconventional thinking from T-Mobile for Business. 